listening to Buggy Talk, where some of your favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fredikowski, and each week I bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have USA Today's best-selling author, Rachel J. Good, and she grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, the setting for many of her Amish novels. Well, good morning, Rachel. How are you this morning? I'm fine. Thanks, Tracy. Nice to be with you. Oh, we are so happy to have you here. I've heard, um, I've been talking you up a little bit on on Facebook and uh, people are very excited for this interview. You know, I probably have read more of your books than I've probably read almost any other Amish author. And that was before I really started um, writing myself. So I actually sort of look up to you. I don't know if that embarrasses you at all, but um, I really enjoy your, your style of writing. So I'm very tickled that you joined us today on the Buggy Talk for we get started chatting about the Amish Christmas Miracles collection that's due out in in November, I I like to take our listeners um, behind the scenes a little bit so that they can get to know you. So can you tell us what your work schedule's like when you write? Well, I have a lot of book contracts, so there's rarely a time when I'm not writing. I guess you could say most of my life just revolves around writing. Oh, that's ex- that's exciting. What do you what do you think your most interesting quirk is when it comes to writing? You know, some people can only write in their PJs. You know, some people don't sit at a desk; they sit on their sofa. You know, I know um, Laura Bradford. She doesn't like to sit at a desk. She sits in her comfy chair, and that's where the, where she's the most creative. Where do you think you're the most creative? I prefer PJs and sitting on my bed, actually, with a laptop. <laughs> Easiest. <laughs> I generally do my best writing from 10 o'clock at night to like two or three in the morning. Oh, really? Oh, see? Now, isn't that interesting? Some Everybody's different. Everybody's different. I like to write outside. I'm the most creative when I'm sitting on my back porch. So we all have our little zones that we go off into and, you know, we escape into our, into our stories. So it's so interesting to hear um, how each one of us approaches our writing days. So tell us, Rachel, you grew up... Um, near Lancaster County. So you have a lot of background in the Amish community. Is that where you do most of your research? Um, Most of my books are set in Lancaster County. I love the research part. (laughs) I spent, it gives me time to spend more time with my Amish friends and exploring Amish country. I think we're inspired. Don't you, don't you think you're inspired when you dig yourself or you immerse yourself in the community? Then, you know, story ideas sort of float around in your head um, while you're there. And I don't know about you, but I'll get back to the car and I'll jot things down when they come to my head so I don't forget them. Yeah, I have to do that too. I, I find whenever I'm visiting my Amish friends, I always get lots of story ideas. And then I drive around Amish country a lot and, and see settings. And that gives me an idea for a story. So I go back many times to, you know, to visit the places and, you know, talk to the people there and meet the Amish people who are there. So 
it, they, they are, um, they do inspire us to write, don't they? <laughs> they sure do. Yeah. So your latest release, um, his pretend Amish bride from your unexpected Amish blessing series. Can you tell us a little bit about that, about that story and what is the main inspiration for it? This book is actually set on an Amish camel farm. And the way I came up with the story idea, we were traveling in Lancaster County one day on country roads back in Burden Hand. And we ran around, went around a bend and we spotted camels in a field. Actually, they had camels and water buffalo. And it was so surprising. You know, I had to stop and take pictures. And once I saw those mama camels and their babies crossing the road to the barn, I knew I had to write about those sweet little babies. <laughs> and then I went into the store there that they had there and discovered that camel's milk has been used to help autistic children. So I was hooked. I felt like God directed me to that setting because Priscilla, the heroine in the book, had already been mentioned in book one. And she not only worked as an aide at the Amish Special Needs School, but she also had a brother with autism. So this was the perfect setting for her. Oh my goodness, wasn't that? And of course me, yeah. being into my research, that, yeah, that was just like, you know, I often find that when I'm going to do the stories, something touches my heart and it's like, oh, I have to write this and it, it flows. And I just feel like, you know, God has brought me to that spot. Well, those camels so, were a God thing. That's yeah, for but, sure. <laughs> and then I had to do a lot of research. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. So your main character, Priscilla, if you could describe her in three words, what would those three words be? I'd say caring upright and honest but I also have to mention she has trouble speaking up for herself so she ends up getting blamed for a lot of things she didn't do that's kind of a little extra that's more than three but <laughs> well that's okay that gives us a that gives us um, some insight into the story so what, what's the what's the main theme or what's the main message in the book I know you talked that it's about autism um, but what is the, the overall theme that you're trying to get your readers to um, see I based the book on the Bible verse, all things work together for good. I've often found that when life looks the darkest, sometimes good comes out of those disappointments and tragedies. So in the book, both Priscilla and Gabe have their deep, dark valleys, but God uses those to bring them together and to bless both of them in unexpected ways. Well, that's a perfect message. That's a perfect message. So what's next, Rachel? I know that you're probably, and we're going to talk about your Christmas Miracles collection um, contribution here in a few minutes. But besides that, what's next or what's on your plate now? You said you have multiple book contracts. So are you in another series? Just give us a little insight to what we can expect from you. Yeah, I'm always working on a couple books at one time. Right now, I'm writing book two in the Green Valley Farmer's Market series. That'll be coming out in 2021. I'm enjoying stirring up drama at the market and giving all these characters interesting and interconnected stories so that the series can continue. Also outlining a Christmas story for the Christmas at the Amish Bake Shop that I'm doing with um, Shelley Shepard Gray and Lori Lau. In that book, an impulsive girl and a bedraggled stray dog are going to cause trouble at the bake shop. I don't know how <laughs> Shelly and Lori are going to enjoy that, but <laughs> I'm having fun with the idea. I, I bet you are. I bet you are. <laughs> so, I bet you are. When, when is that, that book That book out? will come out for Christmas next year. Oh, next year. Probably in fall. Yeah, in fall of 2021. But it has to be turned into the editor soon, so working on that. I'm also doing final edits on the 20, 
2021 prayerful author's journey. That's an inspirational yearly planner that I do with a, a friend, Demi Stevens. That comes out in September. So I'm getting the final edits done on that one. And that's not only for authors. Anybody who wants an inspirational planner can use that. So those are my main things. I have a few small projects and I'm also in my spare time, writing a story for that Amish Miracles collection that you mentioned. <laughs> well, that, lead, that leads us right into the Amish Christmas Miracles collection. So I know what your title is, but can you share that with our, with our listeners? Sure. It's um, A Christmas to Treasure. Christmas to treasure. You know, right before I called you for our, or before you called me for our interview, I was writing in my story. I don't know about you, but it's a hundred degrees here in South Carolina. And it was really nice escaping into, at least through words, you know, on my laptop, I was escaping to, you know, Christmas time in the little Amish community that I write about. So in your story, what do you hope your readers will take away from your part in this collection? not to close your heart to love. Even when you feel like another person is unlovable or that your love isn't getting through, keep loving and giving anyway. In my stories, I often have grumpy, crotchety people because I, <laughs> because I like them. But also I find that the people who reject others or act like they don't care are often the people who need love the most. So I kind of want readers to think about if you dig beneath the surface, you'll often find they have deep hurts and pain. And I want to encourage the readers that if they know someone like that, don't give up, but keep showing them God's love. Oh, that's really cool. You know, I often like to write about old grouchy people too, because they're the most fun characters to develop, aren't they? Yes, they are. <laughs> they, they are. They are. So you just gave us a short synopsis of your story. Do you have it finished yet? No, I'm just starting on it. I have it outlined and I have a few. I like to write key scenes first. So I have a few of those written and then I go back and start from the beginning. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard anybody write like that. That's, that, that's interesting. So you write the main, the main scenes. Of the whole story, correct? Yeah, the scenes that's, that are most vivid to me are the most exciting, the ones that make my heart pound. You know, I feel like, oh, this is this will this is going to be good. So oh. yeah. So I'm the complete opposite. I have to start at the beginning. I have my outline. I have to start at the beginning, and I have to watch the story play out in my head. I can't jump from scene to scene, or I get confused. So I have to watch. I, it's like it's like a movie playing in my head, and I and and lots of times I don't know about you, Rachel, but lots of times the scenes write themselves. I may not even have a scene in my head, but as I sit and write and I watch the movie play out, the scene just comes to life all on its own. So I think that's the most exciting thing about writing stories that I have a passion for. Yeah, I love when that happens. It, it feels like you're getting a download from heaven when those <laughs> things happen. It is. It is. And you know, you know, you write about God a lot in your stories as well. And you know, lots of times I always say, you know, God, this is your story to tell, not mine, you know, just 
fill my mind with what you want me to say. And um, he does, he answers. He just, he just really puts on paper what he wants me to say. And so many of the Amish fiction authors that I interview and I've talked to, they do the same thing. You know, they, they may say a little prayer right before they write, because we all know, just as you, you, hopefully, you know, as well, these aren't our stories to tell. This is just God working through us to get his message out to our readers. That's a perfect way to put it. It is. It is. I like to end our little interview on something fun. So how about you tell us when you were younger, what was your dream job? When I was younger, I dreamed of growing up to be a princess. A princess? (laughs) Yeah. Somehow that didn't work out, but I can kind of keep hoping that maybe someday I'll find out I was switched at birth and I really have a royal family. That's too funny. That is too funny. I don't think I've heard anybody other than my my five-year-old granddaughter say they wanted to be a princess. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. I, I have to ask, have you ever written have you ever written a character, a young character that, you know, had aspirations to be a princess? No, but I should. That would be you fun. Should. You should, you should. So, you know, I asked you earlier your main character in your latest book, um, Priscilla, I asked you to describe her in three words, and you did a very good job at that. So I'm gonna turn the tables a little bit and ask you if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Definitely number one would be shy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, hard worker and optimistic. And I always try to be encouraging if I can. Oops, I think that was more than three words. But that's I was fine. Never, that's fine. <laughs> I was that's never very good at math. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you were never very good at math. That was too funny. That was too funny. You know, it doesn't matter if you're shy, Rachel. You know, I've met you personally, so I know you're a little timid. But, you know, your personality comes out in every word you pen on a piece of paper. So it doesn't matter how shy you are, Rachel. And I'm very thankful that you, 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 broke through that shyness and came on board to do this podcast with us today. So to end up, most of my listeners or our listeners love to hear what their favorite author reads. Can you tell us what book is currently on your bedside table? Just book? No, there's always a towering stack of booty <laughs> <two> reds. <laughs> um, the ones on my bedside table right now would be, well, I just finished Susan Simpson's Lizzie's Heart. So that's there because I want to write a review for her. And I'm reading a galley of Joanne Brown's A Wish for Home that will be coming out in April 2021. And I'm also reading The Storied Life of A.J. Fickery by Gabrielle Zevin and Getting Things Done by David Allen because I need to get things done. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's an organization and (laughs) book, you know. That's quite a stack. You know, um, some of the the fiction authors that I've I've interviewed have said that they have a hard time reading in their genre. Like if they're an Amish fiction author, they have trouble reading Amish fiction while they're writing a story. You don't find that an issue for you? Actually, I normally don't read Amish fiction, but I had promised both of those people that I would do a review <laughs> or an endorsement. So I am reading the books, but yeah, generally I, I try not to read Amish fiction. And a lot I, of I don't want to be influenced by other people's ideas. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I've said that before. I, can, I have a really hard time um, reading Amish fiction while I'm in the, in the 
deep into um, writing a story. So I try to stay away. I read, you know, beach reads and I have um, a friend that I'm reading um, a contemporary romance right now. So, you know, my mind often thinks, was that my idea or was that somebody else's idea? So I have a tend to, to not read um, Amish fiction when I'm writing. And, and it's a consensus across many of the authors that I've talked to. It's, it's just so interesting. So Rachel, is there anything you'd like to add or anything you'd like to say to your readers now that you have a captive audience to them? I just want to say thank you to the readers. They're, they're the ones that make the writing a joy. If it weren't for readers, we wouldn't be writers. We, exactly, exactly. Rachel, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us this week. And I look forward to reading your latest um, release along with your story in the Amish Christmas Miracles collection. That wraps up this week's episode. Next week, we'll have Lori Lowe as our guest to talk about her latest project along with her part in the Amish Christmas Miracles collection. So we'll see you next week on the Buggy Talk podcast.